personal power, people positive, the community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. Okay, Dr. Tiana Snyder, uh, on our, you know, who's on our sleeves, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, you are a contributor and pediatric psychologist at Nationwide Children's and cannot really talk too much about some, we're not ever going to talk about anybody personal, but there's a new national survey that, that commissioned by the On Your Sleeves Movement for Children's Mental Health finds staggering statistics. 50% of parents of children younger than 18 feel their children's mental health has suffered during the past 12 months. Social media use, I got to say it, my kids do it, I tell them all the time, what you see is not reality. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, you know, I think with social media, that's a really common and important question these days. And just like other activities, social media has its risk and it has its benefits, for sure. But it can be challenging and it we encourage a lot of conversations and education with our children, with our adolescents about social media use because we know it's a prime place where marketers are targeting youth, are targeting children, targeting adults, to be honest with you. And it can be hard to kind of tell the difference between what's an ad, what's being kind of influenced here, and what is kind of maybe that more kind of typical post that we're seeing um, from like our friends and from our family members. You know, Tiana, you, you, you can't police the kids. Let's face it. You got to give them their little freedom. I know our school district here years ago announced we're going to allow phones in the classroom. You know, we, we must do it because it's a reality. You know, we can't fight it, but we can't necessarily be over them. So how do we honestly police it? Because, you know, curiosity is going to be there. Get on TikTok. You, oh, you can't use TikTok. Oh, if you're going to use it, use it in this proper way. But yeah. how do we do when they're in their own social circles? How do we make them tell them, hey, do this, um, these platforms, this, this is the right way of doing it. But they're still going to have one child out there that's going to go a little bit deeper. And the things that they can show of themselves or see others, is there any way with this at least a little bit of on your sleeves, encouraging our parents to give them the right tools in a toolbox, so to speak, to tell them, do this so they're not killing themselves? Absolutely. I mean, that's what On Our Sleeves is all about. We're trying to get resources out, not only to caregivers, but to other adults who may interact with kids, kind of frequently teachers, um, as well as pediatricians and other primary care and healthcare providers. Uh, we want to give them these free resources that are developed by experts um, so that we can say, this is, this, you can good about using this and kind of implementing this. And one of the things that we know is it's really important just to have conversations with with kids about social media use. Because you're right, we can't really police it. We might not be able to to stop it completely, but we want to be engaged. And we do, as caregivers, we want to be curious about it, really rather than judgmental. And maybe even try and pay attention to our own initial reactions and emotions about social media, or even our own social media use. so that we can be good role models for our kids as well. It really just starts by having those conversations, kind of being curious and asking those open-ended questions about like, who is your favorite influencer? Who is your favorite content creator? What are you watching right now? And can you explain this to me? So when do we start though? I mean, we we think about it, like some parents say, my kid's not going to touch social media, but being real, what's the, what's appropriate age to, to, to kick it in gear, so to speak? I think these conversations can start really early. I mean, I think even, um, we know we want to begin having conversations about mental health, even as young as in those toddler years, to just kind of set that baseline, that foundation for what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are those emotions? And yes, our three-year-olds are hopefully not 
kind of consuming a lot of social media, uh, but it helps set the stage and then helps kind of allow us to have these conversations down the road as our kids age about other things that might be coming up and kind of part of their daily life. And I think certainly, you know, even in terms of like elementary school age children might have mm -hmm. exposure exposure to social media, so um, kids, particularly YouTube. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. I think it's important to have those conversations really early on, probably earlier than you would expect. So it's, it's, it is kind of like over communicating. I always say it to my kids too. I got the, the minor, they're in their late teens. I mean, we were talking a senior in high school, my two youngest ones. I have an older daughter. I got grandkids now and they're, they're on the, the social media. And I tell my yeah. older daughter, I'm like, be careful what you do. Be careful what you do. Do not let them. I'm telling you, Brittany, it, in the stuff that I'm seeing them do, and I'll give you this for an example. <laughs> I do this all the time. What is up with the, I call it the tongue, the constant. What, the, you ever see the tongue thing? What is the tongue thing? The, the, <laughs> Axel, do you know what the tongue thing is? What is the tongue thing? <laughs> I don't, do you know? It's just, they, oh, no. they I do, do not know the answer is to there that, some, but I think their kids are the experts, uh, right? They yeah. probably know. And so that's, yeah. I, think we go to the experts. We want to right. ask them, what is up with this tongue thing? And, I know. You know, again, being curious rather than judgmental, like, what's that all about? Or yeah. how do you feel when you see this? And is this something that you're, you're doing and you're posting about? And just kind of being engaged with them, I think, is really important. And maybe, you know, sharing the experience of social media together so that you can be watching things together alongside with your, your child, especially younger children, um, so that we can kind of be able to kind of help kind of direct the conversations and maybe help direct social media use a little bit and help point out when things might not be appropriate or maybe we don't want to share that or might be more targeted towards like um, influencing you or marketing or sponsored activities or sponsored social media posts. So is a P you know, as a pediatric um, psychologist and we mm -hmm. trying to get into that a little bit it, to tell our kids too when they, when they see that young lady and their young kids and they're already kind of revealing a little bit more. And I, I mean, just physically in that yeah. moment, in that one little moment or space, whoever it is, or the one who's got the 20 million followers by chance. Yeah. I have a former colleague who, who happened to hit the algorithm just right. Ended up with 25 million. However, she's 23 years old, but young teenagers and young kids look up to that. I want that too. They have to have that information. What is it with the acceptance of this false notion that their life is picture perfect? Cause it does kind of present that, it's scary in a way, and they're almost it's almost an addiction. Is it true to say that is it an addiction in a sense that they have to have that too? I gotta have those millions of followers. I mean, I think it is an addiction. We know that social media um it can be really addicting to continue to just keep scrolling and to continue to see these kind of rewarding, stimulating things that are popping up and kind of getting your attention. And you mentioned it like she hit the algorithm just right. And that's what we know social media uses, right? They use these algorithms. They're able to see what we stop on, even if it's just briefly, what time of day we're looking at this, how long we're watching a certain video that has some specific content in it. And so then you just keep getting more and more of that content. And so it can become like an addiction and it can become something that we kind of over um we're overusing and we kind of just can't figure out how to like stop ourselves it can be hard to stop that cycle and stop that scroll that's that's the scroll i love what you just said at the scroll you know who does it and who's guilty of it my wife would shoot me now but i'll wake up in the morning and a saturday morning and i'm asleep she's up earlier she'll be lying in her bed and i can feel i can hear the vibration her finger going from 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 
voyeuring through my other Facebook page that she doesn't even have her name on it, but mine is, hey, did you know so-and-so did this? So it, it is, and I want to go about adults. This is, we're talking about kids primarily here. But it, it could be, look, our generation got it late, but our kids, this is all they know. By the time they get our age and older, and of course I'm older, but how damaging is this going to be down the line? What do you forecast to see, or could there be some rewards with this? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably too soon to tell. I don't think we have a lot of that good research, a lot of that data to know what's going to happen down the road or in five, 10 years and how social media really is going to impact kind of long-term, longitudinally. Mm -hmm. um, but we are hoping that we can kind of get some of that information and provide some of this research and study this a little bit more to obtain some of that data so that we might have more recommendations or more ideas about what we can do differently or how we can kind of consume social media um, in a way that's responsible, um, in a way that's appropriate. I mean, we we definitely know that it can it can be there can be harm from social media use, particularly sure. overuse of social media and kind of engaging in social media only and not engaging in real life social activities. And um, that overemphasis on looks that we often see in social media mm -hmm. can definitely be be harmful for some for some children. Um, but there are definitely some benefits, you know, it can strengthen those relationships that kids have um, in real life and really help strengthen those real life social relationships. It can also help increase a sense of community and sometimes help normalize or destigmatize certain conditions or certain concerns. It can certainly help destigmatize mental health, which is another mission of honor our sleeves. You know, it can help normalize and kind of destigmatize um, some of these um, physical and mental health concerns and can be a place that provides support and affirmation, but it needs to be used responsibly. The, and, and you just hit the nail on the head. When do we put it away? I mean, before you go to bed, you know, you always hear the thing, electronic devices make your brainwaves go yeah. wacky. Is that true? Um, or do we, when do we shut it off? You know, parents, do they need to say, I mean, there's got to be hard, fast rule, two hours a day, one hour a day. How much is too much? And when do we put it away? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, what we know for sure is that it can impact sleep. And so the recommendation typically is to discontinue all social media, really all screen use about an hour before bedtime. And that can be challenging um, for kids as well as for adults. And we certainly want to be good role models when we're thinking about our own social media. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Kind of Put our put our social media away at, at nine o'clock if we're trying to go to bed yeah. at 10 o'clock too. Um, and we also know that, you know, there's it's hard to say if there's hard and fast rules. We have some recommendations about two hours of screen time a day for, for most youth and for most adults. Um, but certain kids, that might be too much. And so I, I think it's really taking a look at, and as the caregiver, you're probably the expert on your child. Yeah. And so kind of thinking about other ways that they're showing that they're responsible and showing that they can maybe handle some of the things that might confront them on social media and taking that into account. And certainly making a social media family plan. You know, there's a resource on honorsleeps.org about creating this social media plan, which is kind of like a contract for family members, all family members in the home, not just the kids, sure. but the parents, the cousins, the grandparents, everyone's included in this, um, about how to use social media responsibly and kind of the limits and boundaries about social media use. I, I like that. I mean, that, that makes sense. And, and it kind of makes me think, too, uh, of course, on your sleeves, is a way if folks are listening right now and are probably thinking, okay, Bob, Dr. Snyder, you guys keep talking about this, but you guys provide um, some great 
free and easy to follow kind of guidelines like you're talking about now. I think a lot of people need to find those. Um, I think it's a great way to start. I mean, if you're kind of confused, you just don't know where to go. Um, that may be a way to go. I mean, you, that's some of the stuff that you cover through the guides. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's a great place to start if you're thinking about, I just don't know how to get started, even if it's about things unrelated to social media. Maybe this is just about starting conversations. There's lots of conversation starters that we have available for free. There's ways to kind of help regulate emotions when our emotions get really big and maybe they're starting to take control and we want to kind of take back some of that control. So it really is a good starting point and can give caregivers, can give parents some information about you know, how do I start this conversation or what might my next steps be? I like that. And those steps could be quite critical. I mean, if you start today, you can make a difference in the long run down the road. It's not all bad. I mean, it's, it is rewarding. Like you said, I think, is there the romance or should I say the innocence of eye contact being lost through this though? Don't you find that to be, and I don't know if you have interns or anything in your practice or whatever it may be, but I'm finding some generate these kids, when you go to the schools and you're talking, you want to say, hey, kid, look at me. Look at me when I'm talking. That's what my family would say to me. Are we losing that, Dr. Snyder? Are we, is that, and is that important? I mean, is it, we still got to have that. I mean, I think it is, it's definitely important. We still need to have social skills, right? We still need to be able to demonstrate social skills in the real world, like in yeah. real life. Not everything is going to happen over a phone or over a screen or over social media. And so we definitely need to be continuing to think about these social skills and how we're kind of continuing to engage in real life social activities. So that's not solely limited to screens or social media. I think those are important and maybe things that we're starting to kind of lose sight of in particular, given, you know, with with some of the, the changes and some of the, the um, challenges that occurred during COVID, a lot of things switched to online and a lot of things switched to Zoom and to computers. And so we're starting to kind of come out of that period of time and kind of get back more into these real world, real life social activities and learning how to engage and continuing to engage in those social activities is really important. And on a, on a flip of this, though, you know, I think back to some of these kids, even my, I go back to my grandkids, I use them as an example. They're almost like, I don't want to say too sharp is a bad thing. But they, they kind of, they, they, they know what you're talking about. I mean, they're, they're really in tune to what you're saying now because they're being educated at a faster rate. Good and bad. I mean, I could see some good things out of that. I mean, they see, you know, some that are a reader, they may engage into some really good, fun content on social media, while others may be getting something that may be a little bit too risque. And I, I may catch that occasionally with uh, my one granddaughter. She's two. I go, no, come on a minute, Zoe. You did not just tell us, well, I'm just telling you, Grandpa Bob, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How do you, you know? And it may be uncomfortable in a sense knowing the fact that how do they know this already? Or how do they read between the lines on some things that are, to us, you, you would seem like that you're not supposed to know that until you're past your developmental, until, for third grade years, once you're proficient in reading, let's just say. And, right. and they're, they're getting this stuff way beforehand. So COVID, you, you, you hit something on COVID. Too. It makes me always ask you this, and we may not know the answer, of course. You know, research has to come years later. But what do you think COVID did to our kids? I mean, social media was still there for them. But at the same time, they lost that bit of learning. There's still a core kids that just, and it could be from a socioeconomic level. I don't know from a, you know. From from your point of view, is a, you know, like you know, just just from a pediatric side, what, what do you see yes. at that yeah. age? Where, where where did the harm go wrong, or or maybe it didn't? 
Well, I think you're right. There are prob- there are multiple factors that are kind of impacting kind of this mental health crisis in youth that we're we're really in right now and they're experiencing right now. Um, but to be honest, I think it was there before COVID. I think COVID just exacerbated and kind of brought a lot of things to light and brought a lot of things into our awareness that were maybe there before, but maybe not to the same extent or that we weren't seeing quite as often. Um, and so... You know, it's hard to pinpoint one thing in particular that's the cause for anything or the reason why something is happening. But I think all of the changes that happened in the midst of COVID, the transition to online school, maybe no school for a period of time, um, learning was done very differently. And for some kids, maybe that was really helpful and they learned well in that online school setting. But for some kids, it probably wasn't a great fit. And that in-person school setting is probably really important for them. And also just probably more of a reliance on some of the social media apps. You know, the connections we couldn't have in real life in some circumstances, we were then having through Zoom or through social media contacts. And and so things were looking really different. Um, Unfortunately, we're we're in a different place right now. And so most children are back to in-person school and we're engaging in more social activities and have those extracurriculars that are happening outside um, and in the real world or in real life. Um, but it was a big change, a big change for, for adults. And I can't imagine how it must have felt to have been a child in the context of all of these changes that were going on. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I, 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 you're very optimistic, which I love, too. I, you're obviously this on your sleeves movement is going to be good. Is there enough? Do, are we seeing you starting to move into a lot of different states? Are we going to go national? Is there a national movement? And then on to local level, what where are people going to be able to look for their sources? Is it a one-stop shop where they can check in their community? Yeah, it, I mean, there it's all of the above, to be honest okay. with you. On Our Sleeves is national. We've connected into classrooms across the whole United States and have had um, lots of kind of contacts um, nationally and across multiple and across almost all of the states, I think, at this point in time. Um, And so onoursleeves.org is a great place to start. But certainly you can also start in the school setting, kind of ask teachers, maybe school counselors for support or for resources, and definitely pediatricians. Primary care providers are a great place to start. They can often help direct um, to evidence-based, kind of expert-created resources and help kind of figure out help parents kind of figure out, do I need to seek professional help at this point in time? Or is this maybe something we can kind of work on together or just in the context of our family? Or or maybe just thinking about ways to kind of promote um, mental wellness even. It doesn't necessarily need to be that there's a diagnosis or a significant concern, but how can we keep ourselves mentally healthy? You know, and before somebody was to, just somebody listening right now, just say, I need a pediatric uh, psychologist and my daughter needs one. How do we know? Or do we just contact your primary care physician or one of the the, the kids just to see at an early age? When should we identify before they can maybe, where you can get involved and and help yeah. out? Yeah, I think definitely having those conversations with primary care providers is always a good place to start because this is a conversation that they're really used to having, that they're often kind of the first point of contact for a lot of patients and families. 
But additionally, we know that, that caregivers are experts in their child. And so if you're noticing significant changes in mood, that's really going on for longer than just a couple days. Maybe it's going on for a week or two weeks at a time. And um, we're really, your child may start to not be doing some of the activities that they used to like to do. Maybe they're isolating themselves more. Maybe they're having more tantrums or having more of a hard time in terms of their behavior. You know. Whenever it starts to impact that day-to-day -day functioning, that's when we maybe want to kind of seek that professional help and, and ask for a referral or get in contact with a, a behavioral health clinician or a mental health clinician. See, I thought for the longest time when my one youngest daughter, she it was like a form of bullying that was going on. and But what I'm finding out is they can shut people out really quick too. I mean, I'm going to block you. I mean, that's their big thing. Mm -hmm. You're blocked. And what's scary is that they can block people who are, so I was like kind of policing it. Dad's creeping. <laughs> Dad, you're creeping, but we're trying not to creep, but we just want to know what's going on. I want to be your friend on here or what have you. And, you know, there's a point where they can change your identity. They can block you. They can do whatever. Is the bullying as big of a deal now, do you think, because they have that guard, if you will, by just a snap of a finger, somebody's ticking them off, or... Or do you think it's something that's a little more, we, we got to be able to make sure we watch what they're doing too? Because some of that stuff too, for their mental health, I'm just thinking too, if they want to hide behind it, I'm okay, they could create a false kind of look page, but then they're over here as this identity is someone yeah. else. I, yeah, I worry about that. It gets tricky. It gets yeah, really it gets tricky. And I think you're, you know, what you said, I think is really important is that I'm going to be your friend on here and you might not like it. You might think I'm a creeper and that's okay. I can handle that. I can take that, but that's what we're going to do. And that might be part of your family social media plan that if you're on social media, I have to be your friend on this social media account. And so I do think that that's important because cyberbullying is a real risk um, and it can have those harmful effects. It can certainly start to impact um, a child's mood, a child's behavior, can have impacts on self-esteem. Um, and so we know that that is still a risk and something to be paying attention to. That's that's good. I'm glad you said it because I... It's really like, listen, listen to your children. Some some parents just hand it over to them so early. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, be be involved is what you're saying. It's as simple as just being involved. I mean, I pay the bills is what I say, you know, just so folks know too. And I, I say, hey, look, who's paying your phone bill, guys? And these are older teenagers now I'm talking about. It's starting at the young age. But guess what, guys? I pay the bills and you're on my cloud. And if I want to uh -huh. shut you down, I will shut you down real quick. And I've done or limited their time. Um it doesn't mean I can get every little thing that's going on, but if that means somebody at home, am I okay doing that? Or do you think I'm over the top? Is it okay that I can limit time or, or is that taking away their self like that? You know, other people are on there and then all of a sudden 15 minutes goes by and then I get the little text. Dad, could you please release that and give me another 15 minutes? Or am I over the top? When do I stop? I don't doing think this? you're over the top. I think it's a, a conversation that families need to have and kind of make those decisions for what's going to work best for their family okay. and what they know is going to work best for their child in particular. Um, and so I think that that's the most important thing, just having these conversations. And social media is new. You know, it's yeah. new for a lot of us. And so as adults, as parents, as caregivers, we maybe weren't experiencing this when we were a child. We don't know what our parents like how our parents would have responded to this. It wasn't a thing back then. And so this is new for everybody. So I think learning, like utilizing the resources, looking out for these expert created resources, whether it's through On Our Sleeves or through a different avenue, I think is really the best place to start so that we can just have these conversations and kind of start these start these um, 
ways to kind of navigate this really early on before it becomes a challenge. That makes sense. No, that's really good. I, on, how did on our sleeves would I like the I like the whole thing with it just on our sleeves like this means what what would you say on our sleeves I, I wear my heart on my sleeve but on our sleeves yeah well that that's where it kind of came from honestly we know that kids that children the adolescents don't wear their emotions on their sleeve they don't wear their thoughts mm-hmm. or feelings on their sleeves and so it's important to have those conversations to be able to destigmatize child children's mental health and to help create ways to promote mental wellness and to kind of get these resources out for free to everyone across the the United States who might need them. That's perfect. I like that. I mean, I hope anyone listening knows that, that just how critical it is. You know, we it sounds like I'm being more negative on us, and I'm sorry if I am, because in my business, it makes us money. <laughs> so in my particular way, we deliver content where it's severe weather a lot i have pages that are just dedicated just nothing but weather so if there's like deadly weather come tornadoes like we had on the 14th of june last week we're giving that information telling people hey hey hey, take cover do this and that and the other mm-hmm. but then there's a there's an aspect of community fun stuff here's bob out in the community doing great things besides his chief meteorologist stuff over here but then but this is important that people add those categories and segments and add perspective but when i I know there's some kids that just feel like they need that gratification. They need that sense of somebody telling them, hey, look, um, you know, look at me. I'm just very, you know, look how I look and this and that. I got to have that. You look beautiful, mm-hmm. sweetheart. And I look at these comments my daughter read. Hey, gorgeous. Hey, say, oh, girl, you're the best. You're so, and it just, it gets to the point, when is it, when is it damaging for folks? When is it going to be damaging for folks if they continue this? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a really hard question to answer, and we might not have the answer in it because I think it could depend for everybody. Um, but I think we know that that instant gratification and those likes or those comments can be really reinforcing, and so it makes us maybe want to continue to post those pictures and to get the, those comments. And so I think it's just important to kind of think about other ways that we can maybe help build our self esteem and help our children recognize their their self-esteem too and that okay i'm really good at this and i'm good at some other things too and so my body does amazing things because i can run really fast or i'm really good at lacrosse or i'm really great at field hockey and kind of thinking about some of those Mm -hmm. other ways that our body kind of is amazing and does amazing things that maybe is not kind of that overemphasis on how we're looking or that that does that does make sense it does make a lot of sense so i'm really hoping that for folks listening, they check out onyoursleeves.org, get involved, find out all the free tools that you have that can really help us out. I think that's really remarkable. And uh, what you do is just fantastic. Keep on the mission that you're doing. I appreciate Thank that. You. You a lot of good insight. And I think this is going to help a lot of people out. Dr. Snyder is on our side. And that's our that's our little uh, mantra here for News 3. But on our sleeves, she's a contributor and pediatric psychologist. And she is nationwide known. So check it out. Children's cannot speak today. Yes, they can. Through doing it the right way in social media, being properly utilized. Families get started today with your kids. I think that's the best advice right there. Sounds good. You can see us, too, on Spotify, iHeart, or Audible. And you can check us out on YouTube. See the wonderful Dr. Snyder to herself and her bright, cheery smile in her office and clinic and making time for us today. We appreciate that. 
And also, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, speaking of social media, <laughs> Dr. Snyder. These are little elements and segments that we have that'll push for you. You have yourself a terrific, terrific day. And uh, God bless you. And we appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.